0: started this morning. Uh, our, main, our main passage is going to be 1 Kings 4.29 IL, if you can get that for us. First Kings 4.29, uh, Genesis 3 and verse 12, Nathan, you'll get that for us. Uh, 2 Samuel 9 and verse 1, Brian Mitchell. Uh, then Mark 1231 Freddie, if you can get that, Mark 12, 31, 1 Kings 4, 29, David, if you'll get that for us, Uh, Proverbs 4, 23, Uh, Tony, if you'll get that, Proverbs 4, 23, Uh, Luke 6, 45, David, if you'll get that for us, Uh, Luke 6, 45, and then Psalms 1, 19, 32, Uh, Daniel Swope, if you'll get that, Psalms 119.32 Okay, so uh, Ministry is all about people. So let's think about that. You are serving people, loving people, helping people, forgiving people, seeing potential in people, counseling people, encouraging people guiding people praying for people working with people at their level and the list can go on and on and on ministry is all about other people so if that is what it involves what we need is a heart for people And uh, in the passage, we're going to look at God gives Solomon what he needs for ministry. The Bible says he gave him largeness of heart. And so this is something that we need to ask God for uh, if it's missing. And this is something that uh, you will, in the course of life, in the course of ministry, ask God for again is largeness of heart. A heart for people. So let's look at this. Largeness of heart. First Kings 4.29 And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. Okay. He gave him largeness of heart. So let's start. Let's think about narrow hearts first. It's very natural for us to have a narrow heart. What I mean by that is oftentimes we think of ourselves first when you look think about this practically when you look at a group picture and you're in it who do you look at first (laughs) to determine if it's a good picture or not you're looking at yourself oh that's a good picture never mind 15 other people are doing weird faces picking their nose whatever blinking you look at you first and say this is a good that's instinctive Right? We look out for ourselves first. It's very natural. That is our premise. Genesis 3 and verse 12. The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Think about this. Here's at the beginning of creation. God gives man instruction, gives him guidance, tells him his purpose, gives him a calling guard and keep the garden overshadowed man shall be over the wife and all of these different aspects involved but then in sin in failure what happens God I'm sorry but the woman you gave me this is why all this happened right it's it's looking out for self first it's a narrow heart the second way we could have a narrow heart is we think of our circle first in other words, you start with yourself, but then it's the circle of your relationships. You're looking out for, or you're more, most concerned about your wife, your kids, your family, your friends. And that's not wrong, but when your focus is narrow, when your heart is narrow, that can make you very blind to other people make you blind to hurting people, make you blind to a uh, 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 fringe people, rejected people, missing people, struggling people. I remember as a, as a disciple, Pastor Gray uh, bringing a challenge and a bit of a rebuke to us because uh, he had noted one service, there's a flood of visitors and he said, and all the disciples, you're talking to each other, You're concerned about your plans. No one's engaging visitors. No one's engaging with fringe people, with hurting people. And it was a challenge. You need to have an awareness. You need to have eyes, a a wider range in your heart. Let's read 2 Samuel 9 and verse 1. Now David said,
1: Is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness
0: for Jonathan's sake? Okay, here's David considering those outside of his circle of relationships. David thinking about those in a circle who have offended him. He's concerned about the welfare and the well-being of those who pursued him, who came against him. Think about that heart. And he's asking, one day he asked, is there anyone in Saul's family? That's a a different kind of heart, isn't it? Saul's family. Saul's the one who pursued him. Saul's the one who chased him. Saul's the one who tried to spear him. Saul's the one who made his life miserable. And he says, this isn't just an act. This isn't just, hey, one day people are going to write about this. This is who he is. And is there a heart for those outside of his circle of relationships? So if you have a narrow heart, how would you know? How would you know? Narrow hearts make for a very difficult ministry experience. When your heart is narrow, ministry is very frustrating. (coughs) It's frustrating because it makes all the details of ministry frustrating. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, now I got to go over here. Oh, now I got to take care of it. Because it's narrow. And really it's about you. People aren't doing what you want them to. Now they're not. People aren't changing like you want them to or at the rate you want them to. People aren't helping. You, know, you go to an event and... You get a handful of guys helping you out, but then you're, ah, look at that guy. Ah, look at that person. Oh, he could be helping, yeah, yeah. And you're just, you're vexed, you're frustrated, rather than appreciating those who are, right? So here, this is what makes it, narrow hearts make it very frustrating. Narrow hearts make ministry very inconvenient. You begin to lose motivation for whatever that follow-up counseling, uh, uh, working with people, answering the questions, begin to lose that because it's inconvenient. And when you start to feel inconvenient, you're going to start ignoring, ignoring people, ignoring calls, ignoring responsibilities. And in that inconvenience, you got to guard that because it can lead to insult and guilt trips. to where when people come to you because it's so inconvenient in that narrow heart, seriously, you need help again? You're asking that again? But really, it's it's that inconvenience that you're letting get to. It's that frustration it leads to an insult or guilt trips. No, no, no. See, what you need to do, and you're not, a, and you put this this pressure because it's inconvenient. then thirdly if you have a narrow heart you begin to resent in your ministry there's resentment at work you begin to view people badly. you begin to view people negatively ah, no, they just nobody here wants to live for God. nobody here nobody here wants to live for God yet they're giving, they're faithful. <laughs> they're trying right but you miss that but you resent and you resent them you treat them harshly you start to burn out and you, this is not a godly ministry approach mark 12 and verse
1: 31 the second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself no other commandment is greater than these
0: okay here's jesus answering what is the greatest commandment in the law? Over 600 rules to follow. 600 plus items that honor God and show obedience. And so here they come to test Jesus. What of all the law? What is the greatest? And he sums it up. Take 600 applications down to two. Love God first. And love people as yourself. These two are the most important. If you get those two right, you'll get life right. Why? Because when you love God, when you want to please God, when you want to honor God, when you want to obey God, that flows into the rest of life. And that will flow. God will give you a heart. That flows into a selfless and sacrificial love towards your spouse, towards your children, towards your family, towards your parents, towards people in life. So what we need, what this shows us, is we need wide hearts for people. We need our hearts to be expanded because this is what ministry is all about. Some guys, we can, you can go into ministry with some selfish motivations. It's about my calling. That's true, but it's also about a city, a people uh, uh, that you could be reaching, a nation. Uh, it's about my moment on the big screen. That is such a passing fast moment. It comes and it goes and then it just gets real right away. And so here all, whatever that, whatever that is in the beginning, at some point it needs to begin to shift to where it's about other people, not about your pride, not about your ego, not about your worth, not about did pastor notice, did pastor see that I fill in the blank. In this, we need white hearts. So let's think secondly about gifted hearts. God, in our in our passage, he gifts Solomon with what he needs for ministry. Let's read First Kings 4.29. And
2: God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure, and breath of iron like the sand of
0: the sea tree. Okay, uh, 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 what does yours say there? Breath? Breath of mind, is, again, is this expansion. It's, it's wide or largeness of heart. So think about this. God gives him wisdom. That's what he asked for. Wisdom and understanding. But think about this. What good is wisdom and understanding if you don't have a heart for people? You, have you ever met a brilliant jerk? <laughs> They're brilliant. They know, right? You walk into... Uh, you, you ever been to a, uh, a new restaurant? They're familiar with the menu. So, so what's this? It's... Yeah, you have wisdom and understanding about the menu. I don't, but clearly I'm an inconvenience to you. You ever been to... You know, any kind of store and and you're going, you're asking questions and, and, and you just feel, they know it. They have the wisdom and understanding you need, but you're an inconvenience. You're annoying with your questions. Versus someone who takes the time, has a heart for people, has a heart for or a passion for what they're doing and they want to impart that to other people. So there's those aspects. You, you ever been under a condescending leader? People that know, but they don't have a heart for people. There's I've met pastors that know the Bible. They can, when they get behind the pulpit, preach great. But outside of that, they do not have a heart for people. They do not have a heart for discipleship. They think anyone under them, they're all idiots. That's how they treat them. thats is, thats is, That hurts you. We need wisdom. We need understanding. But God says, but what you need with that, he gives him with a wide heart, so that the wisdom he has when he speaks it will be heard you ever tune someone out you ever tune that person out that they know it but they're so condescending you're like it's fine i (laughs) yeah get it out so i can get away right it's is is just it's not Something you want to be part of. So think about that. Our hearts set a tone. Proverbs four twenty three. Guard your heart above all else, for it
2: determines the course of your life.
0: Okay, uh, uh, it determines the course of your life. I think it's New King James says everything you do flows from it. Everything starts from your heart. What is in there, if it's, if it's frustrated, if it's inconvenienced, if it's full of resentment, if it's upset or angry, you know, whatever that is happening on the inside, it will flow out. And in this case, we're talking about ministry. It's going to flow into your preaching. It's going to flow into your counsel. It's going to flow. Uh, into your perspective of people. So, what is the condition of your heart? What is the perspective of your heart? What is what is the attitude of your heart? Whatever's in there is going to flow out. Luke six forty five.
1: A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of
0: his heart brings forth
1: evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks.
0: Okay, here is giving this understanding what's on the inside. If it's treasure, treasure is going to flow. If it's evil, evil's going to flow for out of the abundance of the heart. What is in there, your mouth is going to say. So the heart sets a tone. The heart sets a perspective. The heart determines how that wisdom and understanding you, you have, is going to connect with people. So in that, God is so, he's super smart, right? He sees that. He knows that. And he's saying, Solomon, you've asked for a good thing. i He was proud of him for that. You didn't ask for riches. You didn't ask for things that apply uh, appeal to your pride. But because you've asked for wisdom, that's a good move. And I'm going to reward that. I'm going to bless that. Above and beyond. I'm giving you that wisdom, and I'm raising understanding, and I'm raising wealth and riches, and I'm raising a heart. A why heart for people. This is a reminder, gentlemen, that God equips the call. There are things that we're praying for, there are things we hear lessons like this, we recognize I need, I'm lacking. This needs to change. But this story reminds us something that Solomon didn't even know he needed. And God says, I'm gonna give you what you need because God wants to help us to be effective in our heart. God wants to make us the best man we can be. And in this case, it's a lesson for you and I that a large heart makes room for effective ministry. I'm going to tell you this morning, the pastors I revere the most have large hearts. The pastors I revere the most, they have big hearts for people. They see what others cannot. They identify what others can. They take the time. They take the time with the pioneer pastor they take time you know one of the one of the uh, uh men that i that has one of the biggest hearts i know is Artie Aragon. i remember pastor greg even introducing him at a as a at a revival as the minister of grace he's such a big heart for people i remember having him in santa fe i'm a brand new pastor I don't, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. 24 years old. And just the dignity right away that he gave. The dignity and the encouragement. And the—and it was just like, that's what I want. And sometimes when I'm going into things, sometimes when I'm going into difficult circumstances or difficult situations, I say I'm going to channel the art it's 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 unique and it's at work so in that god will equip us but if you want to have effective ministry you want to be able to reach a wide range of people you going to need a wide heart let's close let's talk about largeness of heart so this is something we need to ask god for god give me largeness of heart if god gave it to solomon Without his asking, I think that shows you and I, it reveals to us our need for it. Let's read Psalms 119.32.
2: I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart.
0: Okay, doing God's will, that's being in the path of his commandments, will naturally cultivate and result in a largeness of heart. Because it's in that relationship with God. It's in doing the will of God that we exercise uh, biblical virtues like forgiveness. We're exercising that. Second chances. We're exercising that. Giving encouragement. We're working that through. And as you're living it out, very naturally your heart is going to begin to wipe. I didn't have a heart for people early in my discipleship, but once you get involved in outreach, you learn quickly. Something's got to change, right? If, if you're going to reach people at their doorstep or at the park or they don't know you, but they can feel your heart, that's going to communicate. That's going to reach. I, I I had someone recently uh, uh, mentioned to me, Pastor From the first time you spoke to me, I knew you cared about me. That's that's powerful. That's a powerful thing. And so in that, but that is what God has given. So when you're working it through, it's going to start, but I believe this is also something to pray for. And this is a prayer I know God would want to answer. The God of the universe, think about this. That loved humanity so much, he gave his son. That in humanity's condition of sin, came, became sin, our sin at the cross. Paid in full. That is a huge heart. That is a a heart we, we can't even wrap our minds about but if we say God give me your heart for people give me largeness of heart for people help me to see see it beyond what's about me and see what's about others Pastor Wayman Mitchell I remember him often telling men telling disciples ask God for it largeness of heart and this was something i heard and i began to pray for and god helped and god gave so once you have it then and you'll recognize it because so much changes fundamentally but once you have it it's important then gentlemen to recognize when your heart you can get it, and there's these seasons. It's like, man, God's moving. Oh, this guy's got potential there. And then you'll know your heart narrowing because your language changes. These guys, seriously, this guy. Again, it's getting small again. Mm-hmm. Because life will do that, ministry will do that. They say some of the most jaded people are police officers, pastors. It's people in the people business because you do you deal with people and their problems. And so in that, your heart can narrow, so you need to know and begin to recognize, God, help me see when I'm frustrated. Help me to recognize when I'm inconvenienced, when I'm resentful, when I'm feeling burnt out. Help me to recognize when I'm getting short with my words or my attitude. Help me to identify when I'm drained. And if you can't see it, your wife and kids will let you know. You got to be able to hear them, right? Hey, I'm not the enemy here. I'm not the problem here. You're right. That's when you turn to God again. Lord, I need you to expand my heart. Give me what I need. And that's going to be work through in the various seasons of life. And that you'll get that again. Prayer, Bible reading, listening to sermons. I remember before live stream was what it was today. Being out in the field. And uh, just, just telling my wife sometimes. I'm going to church today. What that meant was. I'm going on live stream. Whatever I could find from Prescott at that time. It wasn't all just out there. Not bitter. Um, <laughs> or I would watch Pastor Paul Stevens and El Paso, different men that had online platforms, and I'd say, I'm going to church. Why? Because I knew I needed my heart to be expanded. I needed refreshing. I needed to hear the Word of God declared to me. And so in that, I, but you have to be able to. To recognize, and this is something God wants to give us. Okay, let's let's open it up for some questions in that arena. there, Large and supply. Yeah, Trevor. So, what are some steps we can take
1: to start? Like, like praying for people, everyone. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I noticed that you know I'm praying for specific people. You know, yes. Close to me, when that in circle. You know, so I can expand that by you know thinking about other people and start trying to you know, cultivate that, that you know, yeah. open heart I mean, is, there, is
0: there any other things I can do yeah no so, very good I, I, I want that. yeah that's a great question so the, the first is uh, like you said prayer and praying for others so uh, the blueprint of prayer uh, our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name prayer should start with praise Giving God praise. When you give God praise and you speak out these things, it reminds you how great God is. That he is above. Right? Then, secondly, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Pray for the things that God is interested in. Think about that. So what are some things? Let's ask. What are some things God's interested in? Souls. Okay, there you go. Beautiful. Souls. Saving people. What a few other in there?
2: Healing.
0: Healing. Healing, yeah, okay. So this is something you can begin to pray is, God, save souls. What do we have coming up? Whatever outreaches there are, you know? Move upon lives. Give us divine appointments, right? Pray for revival in our Quad Cities area. The spirit of repentance, reaching a broader platform, praying for revival in our nation right these are things God wants to do healing you know God let there be a a healing dimension in our disciples in our church so in that you're getting God in the things he's involved interested in you're praying for them that puts your heart in connection with him then secondly you had already said it there is praying for other people praying for your fellow brethren praying uh, for disciples You know, uh, we have various outreaches, so lifting that brother up, God help him, move in him, inspire him, you know? And as you begin to pray for other people, right? Forgive us as we forgive our enemies, right? So now I'm going to pray for people maybe that have hurt me, that have offended me, right? Uh, In some way. So those are ways you're putting it outward. And that's what's going to help you. Secondly, then, is pray for eyes for people so that when you're at church, when you're at 180, when you're on outreach, your heart is outward, meaning you're interested in other people, their needs, right? Uh, it, it's one of those things I, I sat recently with someone who's, you know, they've, they've, they've been in, in ministry, uh, etc., but it was just fascinating to me how much they still focus so much on themselves. Yeah. Oh, man, you that's I don't want to be that. Where you sit down and you have a table of, you know, a lot of people, but yet it's all about you. That's not okay. Being outward, being intentional about other people. Those are ways you can begin to exercise. I, just, that. I
1: noticed I noticed that I was only I'm only communicating to people that I know or engaging you, in conversation. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's that is what I'm doing. So maybe if I would reorientate my focus yeah. on other people, that would help yeah. you know the whole you know core
0: Yes, mindset. Absolutely. Yeah, and those are ways you can you can get that's a longer question. answer to a short question. Yes. Yeah, get it. Um
2: so is largest or largeness of art
0: yeah i think so i think so Devin. because again you're exercising christian values you're exercising certain virtues that require you right to uh uh to see things differently number one and and secondly to to let go you know and so, absolutely, that largeness of heart will help you in those arenas. Um, you know, there are there are people uh, that have spoken against me, right? But in dealing with them and dealing with the issues today, are they're grateful for it, right? They have said, you know, making those hard decisions. But I moved along a long, a long time ago because of that largeness of heart. In their minds it's like oh i thought i thought you were always thinking about that when you saw me Yeah, no i sometimes in fact i totally forgot right because of that largely yeah yeah John?
2: i think my questions answered by by this prayer but, uh, sometimes in my life i feel like an environment and and uh, putting out problems left and right and it, it really Uh, my focus and uh, uh, my the thrust of my life, you know, because you just get so tired of doing that. Mm. You just want to say, "Okay, I'm gonna back off for a while."
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So is, it's it's got to be prayer. it has got to be the answer. Right?
0: Yeah, uh, I guess. What's what is the question exactly? I'm missing it. Okay.
2: Um, that's not uncommon when I speak. I guess how to, how to deal with it and, and not let it uh, uh, cause you to step back.
0: Okay. When you're praying about things that are.
2: Well, when you, when you're actually in in the fight in the situation. Okay. And uh, you know, how do you just uh, if you picture a fireman, how how do you how do you stop yourself from stepping back from the issue and saying, throwing up your hands and saying, okay, it can burn.
0: Sure, okay. Yeah, and, and in that, John, is, is God give me a heart you know, yeah. for the situation or the individual, but, but praying specifically is, is very important. You know. Sometimes, okay, if I'm catching your, your question correctly, when it's a fire, in other words, when it's conflict, when it's offense, when it's hurts, how do I pray for that person? Yeah. Okay, some people think, Lord, give them the flies of a thousand camels, uh. <laughs> you know, and, and that's how they view it. But, no, God, show my heart to them. I want resolution, so let my heart be revealed. God, I'm asking that I can find reconciliation with them. So guide my steps towards that. You gotta know what your end goal is. Sometimes we pray the, the frustrating things with the about those things, John, many times is we pray vague. God, move in this. Because yeah. it's annoying, right? Yeah. Or because I'm offending. But if you know a goal, you know how to pray to get there. And then praying blessing, right? Sometimes that's for you. God help them. Do they own a business? God bless their business. They're on their job, God bless them on their job. Give, motivate their boss to give them a raise. Bless their life. Maybe there's things, depending on the relationship, you know they're, they're uh, been dealing with financial strain. They need a new home, they need a new vehicle. God open doors for them, right? You can pray those things and that's more for you, right? So that would be a way, knowing your goal, What do you want to see? And then how do we get there? Yep. David.
1: Are there, in your experience, personalities that are more predisposed to frustration, irritation, etc.? Things that, like, you know, obviously different men, some men are more type A, get it done, make it happen. Yep. Yeah, it's all going to work out. Yeah, yeah. do you notice that in those personalities are there people that are more irritated more quickly or more irritating I guess
0: yeah I think both are true you know (laughs) some are more irritated and some are more irritating to others Um, and and yes that is a personality thing but you know coming back to that largeness of heart if you want to reach a large uh, you let's say net of people you've got to be not just large hearted but You've gotta have like a lot of tools in your people skills box mm-hmm. and identify. This person likes to get things done and they got to go direct. Mm-hmm. This person, we're gonna take you know, a long trail <laughs> through a mountainous, serene, uh, you know, very flowery way of getting to the same result. It just depends on the personality. Mm-hmm. So number one, you have to know you and number two, you have to know with the person you're working with or dealing with or you know finding resolutions with. And so how to how to get that. So if you are that type A and you're trying to drive someone who's more of a warm, cultured, flowery approach, you're gonna kill that. And if and if you think, well, that's just who I am, again, you're only gonna reach a very narrow group of people. If you're a flowery person trying to work out things with, you know, someone who's direct, that's going to be frustrating, right? I, I remember in, in New York, I had a, uh, a guy I was dealing with, and I'm, 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 I'm southwest. I'm warm. That's, that's natural for me. And so I'm saying, and, 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 you, know, you know, what you need, and it would be better if, and, and he goes, why don't you just tell me what you want me to do? I said I am. He goes, No, you're not. Right. And I said, Okay, quit being an idiot. <laughs> I can do that, <laughs> right? It's, that is dumb. Don't do that. Don't say that. Oh, you got it. You should have just said that from the beginning. <laughs> so it's it's you got to know who you're working with. You got to know who you're dealing with, and you've got to know yourself. So, yep. I think you can go both ways. Um, so
1: I'm not. I think this is part of the largest heart issue, Um, but sometimes when I'm witnessing to people, um, I tend to see people who are, maybe you see them and they might be displaying some type of weakness or personality where you're like, okay, this person needs help, Mm -hmm. you know, I need to help them. Mm -hmm. And then there's others who, you know, oh, this person looks like they got their life together, they got things or stuff or whatever. And my heart doesn't naturally go out for those people, Sure. but I know that God loves everybody and mm-hmm. you kind of need to like get all those people into church. They all need to be saved. How can I extend my heart for those people? Yeah. Like naturally Is it naturally or that's more prayer or?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Phil. And this is actually arena, an arena that a lot of people struggle with but why you go to someone who looks like they're down and out versus someone who looks like they have a little a little bit more put together has to do with your confidence Mm. that's really what it has to do with so think about this in new york our our church neighbor uh, a suburb that was super wealthy huge houses i mean You know, when their kids get their car, you know, their first vehicle, it's off the lot. Mm -hmm. It's that type of a community. So you could go into that and think, this is going to be really hard. You want to know what one of the biggest issues of Penfield was? Had the biggest divorce rate in the suburbs of Rochester. So think about this you have hurting couples, spouses. You have hurting kids. Yeah, they're getting a car off the lock. That probably doesn't really matter to them mm. at the end of the day. They've grown up maybe in a broken home. That's, that foundation has been stripped. So what you got to remember is it doesn't matter how much people have. They all still need one thing, a Messiah. Yeah. That's what God sent them. So it comes back to actually your confidence. Right. Men and, and pastors, for that matter, that you meet their converts and they're all a little, you know, a couple screws loose, not the sharpest in the shed, you know, is is oftentimes that's actually a reflection of their view of God. And it's a reflection of their confidence. So when you say, God, I know you have given me the answer. How do i know because you said go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation then it's going to work for all creation in uh in uh, santa fe i uh, was we had a lot of uh, stable the church was pro- you know these were stable people uh, stable jobs stable work but we began to reach affluent people professional people in santa fe in rochester same thing we were reaching those who were down and out, yeah, I reached in in Santa Fe. We prayed with one of the biggest heroin dealers and he started coming to church. In Rochester, we did reach one of the biggest crack dealers in Rochester and she was coming to church. But in that, we were also reaching doctors and lawyers and architects and engineers. Because the gospel's for everyone, but it comes back to your confidence. That's a that's very good, very good question. And just think that through God, give me confidence in the gospel. It doesn't matter who I'm talking to. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They might be just as broken. No they're not shooting up heroin on the side of the road, but they're buying pills like crazy.
1: And that kind of makes me think that, that even though people may look differently on the outside, this guy head down by themselves. Um, they could be going to, through similar things as people who are exactly. held high, talking
0: to people. Yep. They're still inside. They're like absolutely. Yep. There's always things going on going inside. Yeah, Eli.
2: People skills can be pretty challenging and be a, a journey to develop. Do you have any advice for very basic things you can do as you're learning with people, just to try to communicate an open heart? And
1: Yeah. Even if you're still sorting out uh,
0: some of the people's skills. Yeah, I think the first was actually very helpful for me when I came on staff as concert director. Uh, My brother told me, you know, one of the things you're going to do is follow up with people. And so follow up with new people, which new people are going to majority of the time be younger, right? And me at 24 years old. I'm going to connect quite easily with those younger people coming in. But he said also work into your follow-up, taking out our seasoned saints, our long-term saints. Because if you can learn how to talk to both, that's going to help you in ministry, right? So with that is, that's what we did. We were, and we built a lot of relationships by doing that. So in that, how do we develop people's skills? Talk to a wide variety of people. Try to build, I call it building bridges with people. Can you build a bridge with a teenager, with a young adult, middle-aged person, an older person, right? Can you build bridges? Can, can you connect with them in some way on some level? That's a great way to practice. You know, and I remember Pastor Greg sharing a story that uh, he started doing this one on one. He said, I could talk to a group of people, but one on one was super difficult. So he said, I'm, I'm going to put it into practice. And he goes to a guy, and, and the guy's, hey, so what are you interested in? Like, what are some hobbies? Oh, boats. It's like, I don't know anything about boats. But maybe, right, then he started asking questions about that. If you can get people talking about themselves just by asking questions, you can learn how to do that with any range of people, right? And I've, I've truly tried to teach my kids that too. And, uh, and, and one time we were, we were headed somewhere, this was some years back, and, and we were going with a guy and they're like, this is, what we want to, to go with friends, and I said, look, if you can make them laugh, if you can make them laugh, this older couple, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you five bucks or whatever, 10 bucks. I'm telling you, but they know how to talk to people. And man, they had this couple rolling. So I lost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but the point is you gotta, you, you have to learn. And then it, th- that was motivation, wasn't it? Right? That's selfish motivation, but what is your motivation? See, sometimes people don't want to Expand or they say, I want to learn, but the motivation isn't there, right? Because what do they have that they can benefit from? What do they have that you know, if i if I take out this couple, this fringe couple, this how will that help me be noticed by pastor or whatever? You know what I mean? So, you've got to have the right motivation, which is, I want to reach people, I want to connect with people, or be able to impact people, and that's where that comes from. Just a few more here. It's good. So if you want a, bark, a heart for you, have the motivation, how do you go about that? Yeah, ask God for it. Mm-hmm. Ask God for it. So, like I said, is is uh, until I started outreach,ing did I realize how much I didn't have a heart for people. I was in a band. It was fun rocking out on stage, being in the lights and the smoke, and hearing the crowd. But then, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. Nope. Well, fine. Whatever. Care. <laughs> right, it's, it, it wasn't there. Okay, now, if I'm going to reach people, I need to have a heart for them. So God, I don't have a heart for them. Give me one. I I don't care. They don't want to hear me. But I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to waste my time either. Right? But those were those were bad attitudes. So I had to ask God for a heart, and then as that began to develop, it Right, working with people. Yeah, Anthony.
1: So I'm just curious. This, uh, referring to this as an individual issue, but is there an avenue where you can you can challenge or like pray for a group of people to have an expanded heart? Like you can take
0: over a church and you're like, man, yeah, it's just not there. Yeah, absolutely. That- or like a serious man, <laughs> right? If that's what you're doing. You're teaching and 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 you help people see. So you might not you might not like preach like, hey, you don't you know this church doesn't have largeness of heart, right? But it would be something like this. What is the potential? If you would ask God for this. You could reach a wide range. So yeah, you you talk about it, you teach it, that could be a series band, that could be a, a sermon, you know, a series, right, etc. If you read Jesus, what does it say? And he had compassion. That's a heart. That's a heart for people. So yeah. Good. Very good. Daniel? So does the
1: so I'm thinking of Pastor Arnie, you know, Pastor Account kind of for like those guys, it's like they have that servant leadership and it, it seems like every when I think about what they do, how they act, their characteristics, it's like that's that's what it seems like the largest of heart is hinged on is that's how it's demonstrated, is through that servant leadership. Is um when I think about myself, though, it's like I can be so task-oriented. You know, you're just, you know, how do how how do I resolve the problem? Is, is kind of my more my nature. Mm-hmm. So is that? Would uh, you agree? Like, it's that's how that's a way to demonstrate largeness of heart. Is, is that servant's attitude, or is there other ways as
0: well? Well, I think I think not so much to demonstrate it, Daniel, as. As to in serving people, you're actually humbling yourself, right? So, you know, it stands out to people at the end of a fellowship when Pastor Hart is taking out trash bags and driving the vacuum up and down. That stands out to people. That's not, he's not doing that. To say, well, people just see how much I serve. No, that's in his heart. That's at work. So by serving people, it's, you're, you're humbling yourself to meet the needs of someone else, to be a blessing to someone else, to even if it's never observed or praised, it doesn't matter because I'm serving people. And that will change your heart, not to be seen, but because of that's where leadership starts, right? What did Jesus say? Whoever wants to be first, let him serve. It's actually the path to leadership because that's the the premise of it that's the foundation of it so so in it when you do that you're actually disciplining maybe your pride your ego (coughs) etc yeah good one more here jester
2: it's kind of like two questions uh can smallness of heart come from people you've allowed in and if so how would you distance yourself from them without being offensive Sure. Yeah. Tend to be offensive, real easy. In, in just in general,
1: sometimes without even trying. So, how would you not be offensive?
0: Yeah. So, number one, yes, the the people you surround yourself with, uh, yes, can influence, right, your your perspective, your heart, your approach with people. So. Uh, I had a mocking problem, right? And and I was quick with quip, and much of sure that was defense, a defense mechanism for my own insecurities. But I, I, I had a gift in that, okay? <laughs> and my circle of friends had a gift in that, and it, it was t- completely toxic completely toxic and that carried into my ministry early on and if you've ever heard the sermon on mockery that Pastor Greg preached I unfortunately will to that sermon and I recognized something's got to change that's not gonna help people right? I'm, I'm, I'm mocking people I'm supposed to be serving it's a bad heart but my, my influences, my circle of friends, we were in that. So, number one, you've got to identify. Yes. And, you're, and like you're saying right now, I tend to do that. So, it's a way to pray. God, I, my eye tends towards criticism. My mouth tends towards mockery. I recognize it, but I need you to help me. How will that help me? Through the Holy Ghost. Put the gifts of the Holy Spirit in me. What are they? Patience. Long-suffering. Right? They're these, these virtues that, that give love. Like it communicates love, but it communicates a largeness of heart. And, uh, and so in that, pray for it. You know, like Tony had asked. How do you, if you don't have it, how do you get it? Ask God for it. And he'll give it to you. It's something he wants to. He's called us into the people business. And so we're going to need a heart for people. So, so with that, Justin, that's your eye tends and you begin to recognize. Sometimes the sermons like these, they bring that to the forefront. Okay, I'm going to incorporate it. I'm going to pray for other people. I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to ask God to change this heart. Right? Psalms 51 created me a clean heart. And we're renew A right spirit. I have a mocking spirit. I have a critical spirit. Put that in with God. Yep. He'll help you. Excellent, guys. I'm sure there's plenty more questions, but very good this morning. Let's believe God for people today.